Friday to you. We are wrapping up a short work week here at the Agent Survival Guide podcast, definitely ready to head into the weekend. Before we do that, though, we've got another Friday Five, our weekly list of five things that you should know about. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, with an interesting mix of items this week. We'll start out with number one on our list, where we always begin. September is Life Insurance Awareness Month, or LIAM, as we like to shorten it. This year's focus, financial education, so financial responsibility, literacy, and wellness. Front and center on the Life Happens website, Rosalind Sanchez is this year's spokesperson. And the message is that purchasing life insurance is an easy decision to make for your family. Not only that, though, life insurance is affordable and offers financial protection to your loved ones. With this month being dedicated to life insurance awareness, you can use that to guide your messaging. They have got marketing materials to help in those efforts, and we have done episodes all about that before here on the podcast, so there will be links to those in our episode notes. But probably my biggest takeaway in talking with our More Than Medicare team is that with these ancillary products, life insurance included, the strategy is to bring them up in conversation and keep bringing them up as you're meeting with clients. And educational materials and information, getting this out to your clients, putting it in front of them on social media, it is a great way to gently remind them that you can help. We will have the links to the Life Happens site so you can check out this year's theme. And if you've got questions, reach out to our More Than Medicare team here at Ritter. They can help you with questions about ancillary products and getting started selling life insurance. Number two, or should I say number two, three, and four. On Wednesday this week, Apple held their Far Out event, introducing the new Apple Watches, second-generation AirPods, and of course, the iPhone 14 Pro Max in deep purple, you know, along with all the other iPhone 14 models. But before we get to the new devices, let's talk about iOS 16, which has finally gotten an official release date. You can expect that update on Monday, September 12th. And the highlights for me in this particular operating system update, changes to the lock screen. Now, for me, I'm not super excited about the new typefaces or design layouts. They're pretty cool, but it's not the most exciting feature. Focus mode will extend to the lock screens in iOS 16, so we'll be able to set up different lock screens based on those focus modes. Now, for me, that means a focus mode that doesn't let any notifications pop up on my phone while I'm recording, other than those that are truly emergency contacts. And while we're talking about notifications, They're not quite as intrusive on iOS 16 as what we are currently used to. Honestly, I have turned off a lot of my notifications, but I do have a few that I still want to get, like when certain people post on Instagram or when new episodes of my favorite podcasts drop. 
And finally, because I do take a lot of photos and create graphics for my Instagram posts, the ability to copy a subject in a photo, automatically cut it out and paste it elsewhere. So essentially, digital sticker making. And I grew up in the 80s, so yes, I am still obsessed with stickers. Number three, before we get to the iPhone, let's talk about the Apple Watch and its new features. I am still holding down the fort with my Apple Watch Series 4, and that is largely because I have not felt a great need to upgrade over the years. Advances in the watch tend to happen a bit slower, and so far, the operating system updates have advanced the life of my watch. But on Wednesday, Apple introduced three different kinds of watches, the Series 8, the SE, which is pretty much identical to the Series 8, just without the always-on display, and then the titanium-encased Ultra. While the Ultra has a lot of really cool features, it also happens to have a very large orange-colored action button, and if you know me, you know that I am not a fan of the color orange. If it were any other color, I might be interested, but that is a pretty easy pass for me. And also, while I'm active, I'm not deep sea diving, marathon running, rock climbing, extreme hiking level active. So really, I feel like the Apple Watch Ultra just isn't for me. There's a lot of really neat features, but If that description also isn't you, I think you can pretty safely pass on the Ultra as well. So for the Series 8, the always-on display is a really nice feature because raising your hand to look at the time, well, that is a gesture that sends a distinct social cue, and it is not a good one. Other than that, there is the temperature sensor that we'd been hearing about, and the messaging around that was mostly related to tracking temperature for ovulation and family planning, reiterating that Apple plans to keep that data safe and secure. Car crash detection is another new feature coming to the Series 8 watch. The device is able to sense car crashes through a variety of its sensors and place a call to emergency services similar to some of those GPS in-car systems that we've all seen commercials for. There's a low power mode for the Apple Watch Series 8 that can help the watch save battery when its charge is low. I get that notification often, and I X out of it just about every time, so I'm not sure that that is a selling point for me. And then last but not least... The Apple Watch SE has a back sensor that matches the front of the watch, but is missing the always-on display and the temperature sensor, so its price point is a little bit lower than the Apple Watch Series 8. Pre-orders for all of the new Apple Watches went live on Wednesday immediately after the Far Out event. Series 8 and SE watches will ship next Friday, September 16th, and the Ultra ships the following Friday, September 23rd. Number four, and the moment you've been waiting for, it is time to talk about the beautiful, new, deep purple iPhone 14 Pro Max. 
Just kidding. We'll get there in a minute. But let's start with the iPhone 14 and the new iPhone 14 Plus. So I think the consensus with these two models is that there's not much of a departure from the iPhone 13. But there is a larger sensor for the camera, which will improve photos in low-light situations. The iPhone 14 features a 6.1-inch screen, and then the iPhone 14 Plus is a new 6.7-inch screen size, so same size as the Pro Max, just without the Pro features and the Pro price point. Apple did get rid of the mini size, so if you're in the market for the iPhone, you're basically choosing between the 6.1 and the 6.7-inch screen sizes. The majority of the new features this year will be found in the iPhone Pro lineup. Both the iPhone 14 Pro and the iPhone 14 Pro Max will get the newest A16 Bionic chip. The camera is where I was looking for upgrades, and the iPhone 14 Pro series does not disappoint. There is a 48-megapixel camera with a quad-pixel sensor for up to four times the resolution. In addition to the main camera, there's a telephoto and ultra-wide-angle lens, and the telephoto lens is a 77mm lens with three times optical zoom, and it boasts up to two times better photos in low-light situations. The ultra-wide lens is a 13mm lens with a 120-degree field of view for sharper, brighter macro shots. And then when it comes to video, there is a new stability feature made for shaky hands like mine. Apple sold this feature as being in the action as it happens, basically that you won't need a gimbal. But let's be real, some of us are just way too anxious, we've got bad nerves, or we drink entirely too much caffeine to hold a camera steady. Apple has seen us, and that stability feature called action mode should smooth out some of those rough handheld moments so we get cinematic quality and not something more akin to the Blair Witch Project. The iPhone 14 Pro features a 6.1-inch screen size, while the iPhone 14 Pro Max is the larger 6.7-inch display that I favor. Of course, there are more features to talk about, like the always-on display, the dynamic island, and some other highlights, but these are the ones that I was most excited about. The iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Plus come in blue, purple, midnight, starlight, and product red. And to translate their slightly more obtuse names, the blue is a light steel blue. The purple is a very pastel lavender. Midnight is a super dark, almost black navy blue. Starlight is white, and product red is, well, fire engine red for a good cause, raising awareness and funds to eliminate HIV and AIDS in Africa. The iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max come in that new, gorgeous, deep purple color that I am planning to pre-order, along with the familiar gold, silver, and space black. And to quote Florence Ion from Gizmodo, I think she summed up my feelings about the deep purple iPhone Pro colorway the best. Quote, the deep purple on the iPhone 14 Pro looks like the color palette of my high school wannabe goth wardrobe. 
It is my favorite smartphone color that I've seen in years, end quote. I feel the exact same, just minus the wardrobe part. I love the purple. It is a dark aubergine purple that shifts depending on the light that you hold it in. And I wish that more people would have focused on the color in their initial reviews. Most reviews were focused on the back of the phone. I wanted to see what the sides looked like up close, and there were frustratingly few reviews that looked at that color in detail. So shout out to Florence. We will be linking to her review on the Apple Far Out event in our notes. Important dates for the iPhone 14 models. All of them are available for pre-order beginning today. Shipping for the iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Pro, and iPhone 14 Pro Max begins next Friday, September 16th. Shipping for the iPhone 14 Plus is set to begin on October 7th. Number five, small bit of housekeeping here. We've been talking about Call Vault here on the podcast. We've been publishing updates about it on our blog. And I have another important update that I want to make sure I address here on the show. CallVault is our solution to CMS requiring that all Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D client phone conversations be recorded. Inside the Ritter platform, our development team created a simple tool that allows for call recording, reviewing, and logging those client calls compliantly. We've mentioned before that this is a tool that is only available to Ritter agents, and we're putting the same qualifications on CallVault that we put on Medicareful. So if you're one of our agents and you qualify for a Medicareful site, you will qualify to be able to use CallVault as well. If you're not qualified, I recommend reaching out and talking with our sales specialists to find out how to get qualified so you can take advantage of that resource. If this is the first that you're hearing about CallVault and you would like to learn more, we have two webinars scheduled for the end of the month that will go over this new tool in detail. It's being held by our compliance, development, and training teams. So wherever you're at in your insurance journey, there will be people on the call to direct you to your next step. But you do have to register for those webinars, so we will be linking to both of them. Same day, two different times. Definitely recommend joining those. So again, we will be linking to them in our episode notes. And all the kudos and snaps to our development team, our compliance team, training, sales, marketing, feedback from agents, really everyone who has had a hand in creating CallVault, because it is a very user-friendly solution to the call recording rule from CMS. We are really excited about it, and we cannot wait to share it with you. And that is all we've got for this week's episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Don't forget to get those Apple pre-orders in. Stay healthy and stay safe, and we will see you next week. 
The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 